0: You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Good morning. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Wow, Tommy got a lot more attractive today, right? Yeah. Uh, No, so Tommy had his 40th birthday this week. Yay. Tommy, welcome to the club. Uh, And he is out of town, Uh, he's uh, taking a trip uh, with friends, so uh, I stepped in and I'm doing my best Tommy impression today uh, with the wardrobe, you know, just to make all of you feel very comfortable. That's, that's why that is. Uh, good morning. It's good to be with you uh, again this week as we continue our series called The Irrational Kingdom. And it seems irrational because grace, unmerited, undeserved grace, seems irrational, that, that God, God knows us and still loves us. And we're walking through, trying to walk through the most familiar parables that we know, maybe to dive just a touch deeper in them to find an, maybe a new meaning, a deeper meeting. The first week we did a sower who went to sow some seeds, and that parable is not about being good soil. It's about being on the lookout for good soil to see where God's activity is at work. And then last week we talked about the, the parable of the prodigal son. And it's not that the son was this rascal rule breaker. It's actually the father who broke the rules, right? Deuteronomy says you're supposed to stone to death a son who is uh, a drunkard and a slackard, and he welcomed him home. So it was the father who is the rule breaker. So how might this irrationality inform our understanding of our parable today? The parable of the Good Samaritan. Our scripture lesson today is from the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 29th verse. It'll be on the screens. It'll be online. And it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God now that school has started the real work begins i'm not talking about homework i'm not talking about uh, football practice though both of those things are important at the beginning of the year i'm not even talking about the new apps every year there seems to be new apps that we have to learn as parents like for example my my folks are coming up this week uh uh, to help out uh, because christy and i are going out of town uh, and they have to learn the pick my kid app so that they can pick up the littles from school. I'm not even talking about the new apps that we have to figure out. The real work begins when we finally discern who we're supposed to sit with at lunch. So this is great. Uh, on the first day of school, I was dropping off Isabel and Anna Lee. I'm going to tell on them for a second. Um, and, uh, you know, these are freshmen. God bless you. And uh, I'm dropping them off. And it's the first day of, of high school. And Annie leaned over to Izzy and said, Izzy, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just, like, go to homeroom or something? And Isabel's like, nah, just, you know, hang out with your friends. (gasps) And then Annie, like, the surprise and shock and awe on her face. First day, what do you mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? Like, am I supposed to hang out in the courtyard? Is that cool? Am I not supposed to hang out in the courtyard? Is that cool? Like, do I hang with, like, the theater kids or, like, the the dancers? Like, what, what do I do? It's the first day of school. I can't, oh, my God. And I, the anxiety. Like if it were were me, I'd say like, well, you know, I I play football and baseball, but like sitting with the quarterback, that's already been established. That doesn't happen, right? I can't do that. And I really like theater, but like I'm not quite a theater geek yet. I'm just kind of in the background, like the supporting. Does that mean I can sit at the table with them? What are you supposed to do? There's nothing like having an existential crisis before getting out of the car on your first day of school. So whatever table you choose. How do you justify your place at that table? How do you communicate that you belong? Do you wait for an invitation? Are you supposed to be proactive and like, just like claim your territory? Like, what are you supposed to do? Should you just like maybe eat your lunch in the corner? Like with the rest of the goth kids? Like, I don't know how that works. Like, do you just like go off and you know, eat by yourself? Like, what is, how does this work? How do you justify your presence in whatever table you choose? How do you say that you belong there? Wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asks Jesus, so who is my neighbor? Now, just before this, Jesus sent out the 70 into the neighboring towns, and they were working miracles. They were healing people. They were casting out demons. And they celebrated. They came back like, Jesus, check this out. In your name, we were doing all these really cool things. And Jesus started to celebrate with them as well. This is what it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 21. It says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you, now pause right there. Jesus tells this, privately to the, he huddles him up. Okay. Huddle up guys. You're seeing amazing things that no one else is seeing. And there's, there's someone on the edges. There's a lawyer over there who's like trying to peek. He's like trying to see what, what's going on here. He's he's not really trying to learn from Jesus. He's wondering why he's not been called in with the cool kids. You see what I'm saying? Like he's over here at the lunch table and she's like, all right, huddle up guys. Huddle up. So you're seeing really cool things right now. And I'm getting, so the lawyer's like, wait, 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 he's healing people. What's, what's going on? So Jesus says, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. This is what caused the lawyer to then butt in and to stand up. And he said, teacher, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Sometimes we read this in, with the emphasis on "do." What must I do to inherit eternal life? No, no, no. The emphasis is on "I," friends. What must I do? Remember me. Don't forget about me. I'm. I've been here for 80 years. Like I. I don't forget about. I know you're doing all these things outside and all of these other towns, and you're calling fishermen to lead. But like I'm. I have a master's, right? And uh, I. I, I I pay for the TV that's down here in the... Same, like, don't forget about... Okay, what must I do? You've been talking about them. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, okay, well, you do have a master, so what does it say in the bylaws, right? What does it say? And the lawyer says, well, love God with all of your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yeah. <laughs> Bingo. He gives the Tommy thumbs up, Like... Right? Tommy, in our staff meetings, doesn't really say anything. He just does, that's it. And I guess that's good. Is it good? Is it bad? Like, I don't know. I'm like, hey, Tommy, can we put on a musical? Can we put on, like, Phantom of the Opera next week? Like, I know it's short notice. He'll to go, like, that's it, right? So Jesus says to them, like, you got it. Good job. That's what it is, right? It's kind of like, so I have a clip that I'll show in just a second. Uh, I'm going to tell you what happens in the clip because sometimes it's kind of hard to hear in the sanctuary. It's great. I found, Okay, I found it on TikTok, so judge me all you want. That's fine. I found it on TikTok. It's, it's this uh, someone uh, bought some cheese from a cheese shop, but she had to return it because there was a hair in it. And she was mad. She went up to the thing and she's like, here's the cheese I had a hair in it. I want my money back. So the worker gives her her money back and then gives her a coupon for her next visit. Completely diffusing the situation. And the woman's like... So the worker says, you want to fight a little bit, don't you? She's like, yes. (laughs) So they they go back and forth and they fight over the cheese. This is what customer service should be. And and at the end of it, she goes, thank you so much. And then left, right? So let's take a look at the video. So I bought this cheese here. It cost me $40 and there is a hair stuck to it. Oh yeah, we can take that back. Wait, wait, what? Here. Oh, Take like this. Your next purchase is on us. Uh. Did you want to fight? Yes, please. I would like to have a little bit of a fight. Sure. Yeah. Um, Where's so your receipt? I I, I don't have I don't have a I receipt. To get back without a receipt? Oh yeah. Well, uh, the name of the store is stamped on the cheese. Okay? Oh, I know you didn't just beat up somebody and steal it. Who does that? You might really yeah you look like the kind you might i am going to go on yelp and i am going to give this place a scathing review scathing i'm gonna blow up the internet i'm gonna break it oh my god you scared me so much please yeah. take our money leave the cheese thank you thank you was that so hard it's called customer service fine thank you fine thank you that was so So awesome. a lot of people really like that Have you felt like that? Like something was completely diffused. Like that, I didn't earn it yet, right? I need to like, I want to get into it. Like, come on. And that's what Jesus does. He's like, okay, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He goes, Well, what 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 do you read in the law? And the Lord says, Well, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus says, Yeah. He's like, Okay, okay. Then who is my neighbor? And then I imagine Jesus kind of chuckling to himself at this point, like, okay. There was a man who was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. That language is important. The man was not picking a fight like the cheese lady. He wasn't doing something wrong. He was jumped, right? It's not his fault. He He fell into the hands of robbers, right? The robbers beat him, strip him, left him for dead. And then Jesus says, by chance, a priest came by. Now, by chance, Jesus is not talking as if something is void of providence or that it was by accident or something of the like. When he says by chance, what he's saying is the priest was not on his way to anything in particular. It's like the the great Mr. Toad's Wild Ride song. Uh, merrily, 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 merrily on his way to nowhere in particular. And he, that's a deep cut. I'm sorry. So, yeah, skipping that. Um, go to Disneyland. It's great. Like when you ride Mr. Toad, it's great. That's the song that plays in the back. Anyway, he's going nowhere in particular by chance. In other words, so um, I had a staff member uh, this week because we were talking through the text uh, at staff meeting. Uh, and he's like, thanks. Thanks for bringing up the Good Samaritan. On my way here, there was someone who needed A hand, and I just drove in because I didn't want to be late for staff meeting. So, thank thanks a lot for the conviction, right? Thanks for bringing that up. But here's the thing: that is not what Jesus is presenting. Jesus did not say, as we treat it, this ethical. Hey, now think of this: if you're on your way to somewhere really important, would you stop and help someone? That is not what Jesus is presenting. It's not making an ethical choice. If you're on your way to somewhere important, would you stop and help someone? That's not what he's presenting. If you have nothing to do, would you stop and help someone? Because if the answer is no to that question, the other question doesn't matter. The other question just justifies you not helping. When Jesus says, by chance a priest was walking, he's saying that the priest, whoa, there's, Ooh. Did you see that? A wasp almost like went up my nose we almost had a very interesting... That's not a dare. That's not a challenge. If it can hear me, I don't know if wasps here, but that was... Just like Annalia, I just saw my life flash before my eyes. I'm not allergic or anything, so don't get your pins out. It's fine. I'm fine. It's just, it would be really super uncomfortable. And I might squeal like a child. So, um... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I might squeal like a child. Right? Um, so, yeah, keep my eye on that guy. Um, what am I talking about? Good Samaritan. Um, so... Yeah, by chance, the priest is going uh, down. What Jesus is saying, he's not going anywhere in particular. He's not trying to make an important meeting. He has no reason to, wait for it, justify himself. He's got nothing. And at this point, Jesus is kind of digging into the lawyer who's asking the question because it says, in order to justify himself, the lawyer is asking this question. But Jesus is saying, okay, well, let me tell you a story about a priest who has no justification at all and he walked by on the other side, right? He has no justification. So what do we do? This is, this is one of our, I think, quite beautiful dances of United Methodism. One of the cool things about being a United Methodist is that we are people of mercy. We feed hungry people, and we're also people of justice. We ask why they're hungry. We do both. Should I stop and help someone? Yes. And then later, we should ask, why are they in need of help in the first place? As United Methodists, we dance between mercy and justice. We don't just stay and feed, right? And neither did Jesus. This is great. So in in Mark, at the very beginning of of Mark's gospel, the first chapter, Jesus fed a lot of people. And the next morning when he woke up, they said, hey, you want to go back in town and feed more people and heal more people? And Jesus said, no, we're we're going to go to the next town. And that was shocking to them, but there are still some hungry people. And, And yes, they will be fed. Jesus fed and then equipped others to feed. Feeding the body, don't, if someone is hungry, don't tell them to nourish themselves on the bread of heaven, right? Do that over a hamburger first, okay? Right? You see what I'm saying? Feeding the body is important. It happened in the feeding of the 5,000, right? Jesus fed 5,000 people. Feeding people is important, but the church and the movement is more. It is a both and. It is abundance. It is not just our food pantry on Wednesdays. It is us asking the question why people are hungry. Here's some statistics for you. And if we think that this problem is too big to tackle, Here's some stats. So in Bossier Parish, out of 64 parishes in uh, our great state of Louisiana, Bossier Parish is ranked 50 in terms of food insecurity. 50, uh, number one is the worst, right? So, it, okay, Bozier's like top 20, top, top 15, right? Doing okay. Though, <laughs> the food insecurity rate is 14.1%. So about 17,860 people aren't quite sure where their next meal is coming from. Their food is, their meals are insecure, right? And that's nearly 30% higher than the national average. For children, it's worse. It's almost 20% with a rate of 33.6% higher than the national average. And this is based on, they would be secure at a cost of $3 per meal. That's what that means. Moving on, check this out. So in Bossier Parish, out of 130,000 people in the parish, 60% claim Christianity as their affiliation of some tradition, which is about as eh, 78,000 people. If Christians alone contributed to food insecurity, it would cost each person about $2 a day. And, and we can end... Food insecurity in Bougie Parish. And what a great evangelistic tool it would be for those who don't claim Christianity as their home church to say, like, hey, join us in this. We would love for you to help as well. Because if everyone in Bougie Parish jumped in, it now goes down to about a dollar a day. <laughs> for folks, oh yeah, those are the receipts. Um, for us to end food insecurity in our city. As United Methodists, we feed and we work to end hunger. It's not would you stop if you had something important to do, it's would you stop if you didn't have something important to do. And then there's the Levite. I feel like I should start like a support group for the middle person in the three person story, like they never get the limelight. they never my sister Melanie is the middle child, and she 's saying, "Amen, like thank you for recognizing that. Any middle children uh, in the sanctuary? yeah two <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, thanks. there's the priest, and like the priest by chance he's walking in and then the Levite sameses right and then he, and then he goes to uh, uh, the the, uh, the the good Samaritan uh, it's kind of like um, the joke. There were three men and they found a a genie's lamp. Have you heard this? And the first one said, uh, and the genie grants them all a wish each. And the first one says, I want to be the smartest man in the world. Poof, and he's the smartest man in the world. The second person, same-sies, right? I want to be the smartest man in the world. Poof, he becomes the smartest man in the world. The third person said, well, I want to be the smartest man in the world. And the genie gets frustrated, so he just turned him into a woman. Boom, you know? My mother told me that joke at a very early age. (laughs) She also said, Genesis 2 reveals that God made man and then improved on the design. You know? Oh, the second person in a story. They never get the limelight. They're just there to keep the story going. Bless his heart, the poor Levite. Samesies. So Jesus moves on to the Samaritan. And the Samaritan was moved with pity, with compassion, and it says he came near the man, he bandaged his wounds, put him on his own animal, so now the Samaritan is walking and brought him to an inn. and then the story says that they stayed that he stayed overnight uh, to care for him and I think that detail is often overlooked. Sometimes we have this picture in our head that the Samaritan brought the man who was suffering, brought him to an inn, said, hey, take care of him. I'll give you uh, some money when I get back. And then the Samaritan kept going. That is not what happened. The Samaritan went to the inn and stayed with the man overnight to care for him. It was in the morning where the Samaritan said to the innkeeper, here's two denarii. I'll pay you whatever you spend when I come back. So then Jesus asked the lawyer which of these 3 which of these 3 was a neighbor to the man the lawyer said the one who showed him mercy and jesus said yeah go and do likewise a sower went to sow some seeds the surface reading of that is to be to be good soil But as we dig deeper into the story, it's not about being good soil. It's about being on the lookout for it. If you remember, the good soil, the activity of God where that was happening was uh, uh, the the man who was possessed, the woman who was suffering, and the girl that was dead. So much more to that story. And then last week, the prodigal son, right? We talked about how when when the father was running out to meet the son, what was going through the son's mind is Deuteronomy 21. What is my dad going to do? And it was the father who broke the rules and chose not to end his son's life. Here, there's something deeper going on, and there are clues in the story. Which one of these three, Jesus asks? That's curious. He could have said, which one? Or which of these? But he said, which one of, the, which one of these three is the one who was a neighbor? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. I love that about Jesus' parables. It's ambiguous. He doesn't say, the Samaritan. Or maybe, maybe more accurately, he couldn't say it. Like his name was Voldemort. He couldn't even say, the Samaritan was the good guy. Uh, The one who showed him mercy. The one who shall not be named, right? The one who showed him mercy. But the real hero of the story Is the innkeeper, the fourth person in the story. Understand it is the innkeeper who allowed both Jew and Samaritan to stay overnight in his inn. It was the innkeeper that allowed under his roof the man who was near death and the Samaritan who said he was taking care of him. And the Samaritan leaves in the morning, leaving the man behind. What a risk! The, intake, the innkeeper took. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. It is, it is a place where there is room for both Jew and Samaritan. The rest of the context of this chapter gives us this clue. The chapter begins with Jesus sending the 70 out into the towns and into the surrounding villages. And that angered the, the Pharisees and the lawyers and the teachers because later in the next chapter, they get, they get really hot with Jesus. And Jesus says, there's no sign that will be given to you except for the sign of Jonah. Do you know what the sign of Jonah is? The forgiveness of Nineveh. That's the sign of Jonah, is that the enemy was forgiven. No sign is going to be given to you except when enemies are healed. One of my professors at Duke, he was from uh, South Africa, He had a great accent. Like I could hear, I can listen to him like read the phone book. It was so incredible. Um, And he said, Paul was not converted on the road to Damascus. Paul was convicted on the road to Damascus. Paul was only converted when his enemy laid hands on him and healed him. Do Do you want to know what conversion looks like? It looks like when enemies heal each other. Paul was not convicted Paul was not converted on the road to Damascus he was convicted and only when Ananias came and healed him did something like scales fall from Paul's eyes conversion happens when enemies heal each other in this innkeeper's inn a Samaritan was healing a Jew that's the kingdom where both Jew and Jew. Gent- Paul says it, right? There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female. We are all one in Christ. That's the scandal of the parable. Not that a Samaritan cared for the man, but that the innkeeper kept both of them in the same place at the same time. You know, a good innkeeper would say something like, well, Christians shouldn't be the only ones having all the fun ending hunger in Bossier Parish. What if we invited them to the party? To help us end food insecurity. What a great invitation to our faith. And we're doing that (laughs) here. Both with our partnership of the Lighthouse and also starting on uh, Wednesdays in September, we're having a community meal every Wednesday night. And you're invited to stock the shelves of the Hub when you come. Everyone is invited. We might not tomorrow be able to end food insecurity for our sisters and brothers. But you know that Wednesday night at Asbury, you can mark that on the calendar. That is secure. That is a place where you can go to find nourishment. It is the inn where all are welcome. Who was the neighbor? The one who showed mercy. Go and do likewise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray.